0: When you start peeling back those layers, this question starts to get very complex, very nuanced, and there is so much gray area. Hello and welcome to the Pillow Talks podcast. We're your hosts, Vanessa.
1: And Xander Marin.
0: I'm a sex therapist with over 20 years of experience.
1: And I'm just a regular dude. We share the ups and downs in our relationship while giving you step-by-step techniques for improving yours.
0: Make sure you subscribe for your weekly double date full of totally doable sex tips, practical relationship advice, hilarious and honest stories of what really goes on behind closed bedroom doors, and so much more. It's the sex education you wish you'd had. Today we are tackling a surprisingly thorny question, which is, if you are in a long-term relationship, is it your responsibility to have sex with your partner?
1: Do you owe it to them?
0: Thanks to our new sponsor, Cozy Earth, for supporting our podcast. You can shop high-quality goods with responsibly and sustainably sourced materials from the earth at CozyEarth.com, that's C-O-Z-Y, and get 35% off site-wide when you use the code PILLOWTALKS. Also, thanks to Julie for supporting Pillow Talks. Julie is an FDA-approved morning-after pill that helps stop pregnancy before it starts. You can go to juliecare.co to learn more or find Julie at your nearest Walmart today. We turned to our trusty Instagram audience and 83% of our audience said that they have at one time or another made themselves have sex because they felt like they owed it to their partner.
1: That doesn't sound very good, does it? That doesn't I mean, feel yeah. that doesn't feel good just that idea of like Oh, I'm making myself do this.
0: Yeah, we also asked them the broader question of like, do you think people in relationships have a responsibility to have a certain amount of sex with each other? So we gave three responses to this question. 45% of people said yes, sex is an important part of a relationship. So 45, almost half of people think Mm -hmm. that there is some sort of obligation, expectation or duty. 18% 18% said no, sex should never be expected. And 37% said no. Oof, that's complicated. <laughs>
1: literally, literally that because that's how Vanessa set it up. But I think that's that's a that's a really a, a fair response. Like, it's a hard question mm-hmm. to answer, and and I think I mean, we didn't want to make this just a simple yes or no because if you if you only give two options, people are not going to be sure what to say. And I think the reality is this is a question with a lot of gray area, and so we really wanted to see how many people would say, God, I just don't even know. I'm going to solidly claim the gray area. <laughs> so, I'm going to plead yeah, the fifth.
0: I think what makes this question so interesting is that it is really thorny. Like when you first hear that question, for me, when I first hear like, do you owe sex to your partner? My answer is like a clear and immediate Absolutely not. Well no. We say this all the time, like it's your body. You get to decide what to do with it. And you are the only person who can decide what to do with your body. You never owe anybody anything when it comes to your body. So that is crystal clear to both of us. And at the same time once we start digging into specific scenarios and like really taking a look at how does this show up in long-term relationships? What would it really look like for one partner to say, I'm just not interested in sex anymore or for there to be some, you know, some massive change in their sex life. So it's like when you start peeling back those layers, this question starts to get very complex, very nuanced. And there is so much gray area.
1: Oh, yeah. Like I remember when we were starting to plan for this topic, you asked me that question straight up. And Mm -hmm. I think in my head, I went through every single one of those possible responses. Like my initial gut reaction was like, you don't owe anybody anything. That was like my first response. Then as I thought about it, I'm like, well, wait, hold on a second. Like, you know, we're talking about a long term relationship. We're not talking about any given like singular sexual experience. We're talking about like, do yeah. you, you know, is sex a responsibility that you have in general throughout the entirety of your relationship? And then I started thinking, well, yeah, it does kind of seem like, you know, if if you start a relationship on the premise that Sex is a part of your relationship, then yeah, it's kind of does seem like there is some amount of responsibility. And then I start thinking about like, God, have I ever been in this situation? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I've pushed myself to have sex in times when maybe I don't, I'm not like a hundred percent on board because you know, there's been a whole variety of reasons, and we're gonna talk about those later on in the episode. And so I think ultimately, I'm like, God, yeah, I'm I'm definitely in that gray area of like, I can see it both ways. And, uh, you know, I've been there myself. So it's tough.
0: Yeah, so just to be totally clear, like the point that we are going to continue making throughout the episode is that you never owe anybody sex. Like our original belief still holds true. You should not guilt yourself or allow yourself to be guilted or pressured into doing something that you don't want to do. So that still stands. But we are going to talk about some of the complexities and, you know, specific scenarios that this can come up within, because like we keep saying, it's surprisingly complicated.
1: All right. So before we get into all of that great advice, it's time for review of the week. Love that there are both points of view. It got cut off.
0: (laughs) Both points. Oh,
1: both points. Oh, orgasm. Great. I love it already. (laughs) Not only do they cover purely sex stuff, but often relationship stuff that doesn't seem connected on the surface. Mental load episode is the best thing ever. I love that Xander shares his viewpoint and is so ready to be authentic and vulnerable with us. And Vanessa is willing to share what happened in their relationship that didn't work. Super <laughs> thankful to have found them. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Xander's just cool and authentic. And Van- Vanessa's the bad guy here. She, <laughs> she gives all the dirt. No, I, just- <laughs> I-, I think I talk, a- I talk a little bit about what doesn't work, too. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> All right. Oh, this person also wanted to make sure we knew. Sorry, I couldn't hit you with emojis, Xander. I really wanted to. Wait. (laughs) Wait, why couldn't you? (laughs) I don't understand.
0: But they did leave XD. XD. I don't know what that's supposed to be. Well, thank you for this delightful review and this little bit of a mystery at the end here. It's very entertaining. Reviews really do go such a far way in helping the podcast grow and reach new people. So we really appreciate you taking the time to leave one. If you've never left a review before, what you do is you go to the main page of our podcast in Apple Podcasts, scroll to the bottom and you'll see it there. You can leave a five-star rating. You can just write a sentence or two. But really, it helps people like when they're coming across the podcast and they say, Oh, this has a lot of reviews. People are saying great things. It makes people want to stop and listen to it more than a podcast with no reviews or bad reviews. Yeah. Please don't leave us bad reviews. (laughs) Um, You can also leave us a star rating on Spotify as well. That really helps. And we do this weekly giveaway to thank you for taking the time to write a review. So if you're picked as the review of the week, you can come over to us on Instagram at Vanessa Marin Therapy. Send us a question and we will send you back a personalized coaching session with our best advice and tips straight to your inbox. So when we were preparing for this episode, we went over to Instagram and we asked people to share with us their stories of either times or ways that their partner made them feel pressured or obligated or even ways that they made themselves feel like this was an expectation. So we sifted through all of the responses and we came up with four broad categories. So four different situations that we wanted to cover and we're gonna work our way through each of these because we have slightly different advice for each individual situation. But before we get into any of the situations, so if sex is something that we owe, how many sexes do you think you owe me at this point? We've been together just about 15 years.
1: Wait, I, I thought that you said that we never owe anybody anything when it comes <laughs> to our body. Oh, God, I'm confused.
0: <laughs> I'm just curious. What do you, What? who do you think owes who more? Oh, is there I mean, like, a owed, running like owed,
1: owed for what, though? I don't know. For good behavior? Oh. <laughs> Have I been a good boy? Five.
0: Five. <laughs> I don't know. Five sexes. Five
1: sexes. However, you know, and sex is anything, baby. So
0: <laughs> to be redeemed whenever yeah. I want.
1: I just touched her arm in a very sensual uh, way. I so was like, what are you doing? We're, we're down to four. <laughs> wow.
0: Okay, I'm gonna get out. I want you to make me um you know like when you were a little kid you used to make coupons for your parents and stuff mm, like yeah. that for presents. I want coupons, like one sex. Okay. To be redeemed whatever you want. <laughs>
1: All right, yeah, if anyone's got some design skills, wants to mock <laughs> me up, a uh, nice sex coupon I can print out here,
0: <laughs> okay, uh, send them over. <laughs> totally just kidding here in case that's not abundantly clear. So let's get into the situations. The first situation that we have is your partner is directly or obviously pressuring you into sex. Maybe they are telling you it's your duty. Maybe they're making you feel really bad or really guilty. It's just like a very clear and obvious message that they are trying to send you that, like, this is what's expected of you. This is your obligation.
1: Yeah, like they're explicitly saying something. Mm -hmm.
0: So we asked our Instagram audience about this particular situation, and 52% of people said that they have experienced a partner guilt or pressure them into sex.
1: And I... It sucks to see and also i'm not surprised because the reality is if i think about if if i if i strip away all the experience we have now like doing this for a living and i just think about like what did i learn about sex from like books and movies and shows and even like my own experience and like my friends talking about it i feel like this is honestly portrayed very often People explicitly telling others like, oh, I'm feeling sexually frustrated or like... (laughs) In that voice. (laughs) No, definitely not in that voice. But it's just shown in the media that way a lot and definitely uh, less so now than it was say like 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. But like if I think back to my kind of formative years of like age 16 Mm -hmm. watching movies... It was so much more like, oh yeah, well, like guys want sex all the time and girls don't want to give it to them. And guys kind of like subtly, whether implicitly or explicitly, like pressure them into it. And it's almost like wearing mm-hmm. down their defenses. And, you know, thank God this is portrayed less and less, but it's still portrayed to some degree. But, you know, if you go back 20 years and watch teen movies, like, man, it's it's actually kind of tough to watch sometimes. You, you oh, watch it yeah. and you're like... Oh, shit. You know, this is like the way the way that like sexual assault is like casually portrayed and pressuring all this stuff yeah. uh, every now and then. Like we watch like she's all that recently. Oh, and it's like, yeah, it and, uh, like, brutal. Like, like, you know, I have this memory of it as this like formative movie that I loved it. like watching it again it's like, oh, this is not aging well.
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's a really good point that I I hadn't really thought about before about just the way that we see this in the media. And it's very gendered and very stereotyped of like, it's always the man who's wanting it more than the woman. There are a lot of jokes about like wifely duties and like, you know, having to take care of your partner. So of course, a lot of us would get it into our head that like, this is just The way that sex works or the way that it is
1: oh my god i just thought we watched cruel intentions like a year ago that was the (laughs) worst i mean i'm not gonna say the worst like that's the worst movie ever but like i loved that movie i thought that was such a great movie i hadn't seen it for probably 15 years we like watched it like with a friend and it was it was really tough to get through
0: yeah Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, there are overt examples in a lot of media of of you know this being the expectation or pe- you know partners pressuring each other. But I also think you brought up something a little bit subtler too. Is that we see so many depictions of like male female relationships where the man is the pursuer and he really has to like wear down the woman. Oh, like yeah. And it's always the woman's job to be like all like quite coy- like oh no I don't want to do that. Oh, yeah, you she has got to and maintain
1: then, her dignity. Yeah, or whatever.
0: and like he has to wear her down. So I think there probably are a lot of situations where it's not that the guy is like trying to be this manipulative, abusive asshole and like force her into doing something, but he's got it into his head of like, oh, this is how initiation is supposed to work. It's supposed to be this like cat and mouse game where I really pursue you and I don't take no for an answer. And I like, you know, because you're supposed to say no. Yeah. So these subtler and, yeah. situations where it can come up. Yeah,
1: and our, and our experience bears this out. Like that, oh, yeah. Like I think most people that are engaging in that type of behavior have had a lot of success with that behavior in the past.
0: Also, I think there are a lot of religious teachings about this as well. You know, teaching women in particular, like that it is their wifely duty. This is an obligation that they have. So, it, I mean, there's a lot
1: that feeds well, yeah, all
0: in, it, into all of this. Yeah,
1: so it's your wifely duty on the one hand. And on the other hand, like before you are a wife, like it is also your duty to maintain your dignity, to, mm-hmm. to you know, to your be chaste, you know, to be pure. It just sets up this kind of messed up dynamic oh, from yeah. the beginning where, you know, it just reinforces these ideas that, okay, well, like this is how a woman acts and, uh, you know, a man's got to act a certain way in order to get what he wants. Mm-hmm.
0: So, okay, our answer to this situation is not going to surprise you. Like we think it is never ever okay for any reason at any time to pressure or guilt your partner into having sex. So we want to give you some practical tips for how to manage this if you're in a situation where your partner is putting this kind of pressure on you. One thing is you can definitely listen to this episode with them or at least listen to it at a loud volume while they are nearby. Make sure they are hearing this message. But in the moment itself, you know, if your partner is saying anything that is pressing Pressuring you or making you feel bad like remove yourself from the situation do not allow yourself to participate in that moment and you can say something to your partner like if you want to have a conversation about our sex life I am open to that but I will not participate in any conversation where I'm being pressured or guilted so you're setting and enforcing a really firm boundary that if there is any sort of manipulation, pressure, guilt, anything like that, like you are going to remove yourself, physically remove yourself from that situation.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that's so important. Just that line of like, hey, like I am open to having a conversation about this, but it's not going to happen like this. Mm-hmm. And and if you are, you know, if, if the if the roles are flipped, if, if you're the person that is wanting sex and it's feeling like you're not ever able to have it with your partner or you're not having it as much as possible i just want to be really clear we are not saying you don't get to ever express your feelings about this you don't get to ever talk about it that you just gotta grin and bear it so to speak like you can absolutely share your feelings that you're feeling frustrated that you're missing your partner whatever it is it's just that you have to share your feelings in a appropriate way in a conversation, you know, you you can't let those feelings out by, you know, you can't let them come out in terms of like manipulative tactics or pressuring tactics to just try to get what you want.
0: Yeah so for a lot of couples like you may just need to go to therapy where you need a you know a therapist around to help you guys have this conversation help you communicate with each other more effectively
1: Yeah because these are hard conversations to have like these mm-hmm. these are like advanced level conversations it is very hard to share that I'm feeling really frustrated. It feels like we are not having anywhere close to the amount of sex that I would like to be having. I'm not feeling connected to you whatever it is. Like that's not an easy thing to share. And and you know, of course, that's why not a lot of people do share that. That's why a mm-hmm. lot of people do end up engaging in this type of behavior because they just feel like god, I don't even know where to start with having this conversation and that's why therapy is so important. It gives you a container to be able to have those kinds of conversations. The therapist can help you walk through them step by step in a way where you're not going to end up like inadvertently just dropping a bomb on your partner.
0: Yeah, there is one other subtlety here that as we're talking about it, I'm like, oh, man, this really could have even been its own (laughs) its own situation. But I'm also thinking about sometimes this is a more subtle type of situation. Like your partner, the way that they are initiating might come across cross as kind of like whiny like Mm. oh but it's been a while or like you said no last time where it's not an overt like you owe this to me get in bed right now kind of thing but it's like starting to make you feel pressured even if that's not necessarily your partner's intention to like make you feel awful about this so one thing that just popped into my mind is you know we talk a lot about the skill of initiating sex and how a lot of us are really bad at it because it's so freaking vulnerable to put yourself out there and ask for what you want.
1: And no one ever teaches us this. Oh yeah,
0: no. (laughs) You're definitely not learning in uh, Cruel Intentions. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of people, we react to that vulnerability and that fear that we have by initiating in these pretty crappy ways where we end up like being a little whiny or you know like there's just that subtle vibe to it that doesn't feel good to the partner so I just want to mention that we do have an initiation masterclass that teaches you how to get more comfortable and confident initiating we'll link to that in the show notes but I think that can be a great resource for couples where again it's not this like extreme clear and obvious manipulation, but it's like, you know, I really don't like the way you initiate because it makes me feel so pressured in the moment.
1: Yeah. and, And that masterclass also covers the flip side of initiation, which is consideration, which is how you receive and respond to someone's initiation
0: which leads us straight into the second situation actually (laughs) yeah i know
1: it does i did to you but what all i wanted to say about that with regard to this last situation the consideration process it can help you give a better no that may not feel like such a hard no like no that's it a big part of the consideration process is saying what you know okay i'm not open to sex but Perhaps I'm open to something else. And that can help diffuse a tense situation where, you know, your partner is feeling like, God, I'm like asking for sex all the time. My partner, all they are doing is saying no. And it just feels like there's a brick wall in between us. Mastering the consideration process can help make that feel like less of a wall in between you. And like, there's still opportunities for connection.
0: Okay, so let's move into that second situation or kind of kind of the third we added another one on the fly here but the in next the- <laughs> situation let's move
1: into the next situation the
0: next situation is something that happens like in the moment so we're not talking about an overall overarching pattern we're talking about something that happens in the moment let's say your partner initiates and in that moment you're just not that excited about it so it might bring up for you the same question. Like, well, am I supposed to say yes to like keep my partner happy? You know, my partner is putting themselves out there and initiating, like, shouldn't I say yes? Is it my obligation to like fulfill my partner's needs when they ask for their needs? So here's a really interesting gray area. We actually think that a lot of people set expectations too high for intimacy. So I think a lot of us feel like in that moment that our partner initiates, like we should be so turned on and like really, really wanting it. And it can even bring up shame sometimes in the moment, like your partner initiates and you're like, whoa, I am so not there. I'm like on a totally different page. And oh, it yeah. makes us like feel bad that we weren't, you know, just as horny as they were in that exact moment.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I can relate to this so much. Like I feel like this was, you know, this was the scenario that I used to really struggle in back when we were having our struggles with sex drive and with initiation was that you know like Vanessa might initiate sex and i would just have this immediate like visceral reaction inside where i would just be like oh my god like i wasn't thinking about sex i don't mm-hmm. i don't think i'm ready for this like I need to shut this down so quick, so that like I don't have to feel bad yep. about myself, or I would just start even trying to avoid situations that I thought might potentially get sexy. Like let's sit on different couches and watch TV, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> or you know stuff stuff like that. Oh. You know, let's not cuddle before bed, mm-hmm. or or whatever. And yeah, so I, so I just want to I just want to say like I I feel you if you are someone where you know your partner initiates and you just kind of immediately feel that shame, feel that. you know, feeling shut down or or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. because I know what that's like. It's just you're just like, oh, God, like, I don't I don't even want to have to like look at this part of myself.
0: So the thing is, though, that like you and your partner are two different people and you are very frequently, if not always (laughs) going to be interested in sex at different times. So this is a situation that we all need to get more comfortable with. Like it would just be it would be incredibly bizarre if every single time you or your partner initiated, like the other person was exactly in the same mood, you know, in exactly that moment, every single time, like that, that's just unrealistic.
1: Also, something I just thought of is like the way that you were describing that it kind of gives the implication that like when your partner is initiating, they also must be wildly turned on in that moment. And mm-hmm. I would challenge mm-hmm. that assumption too. I think we set up this whole thing in our head like, okay, my partner's initiating sex. Like they are ready to go right now. And I think the reality is, like, most times when people initiate sex, they're not like wildly turned on, like super horny, gotta get it right now. Like <laughs> when I'm initiating sex with Vanessa, like I do not have a raging boner. <laughs> like I'm not like I'm not like ready to go in that instant. Like I'm thinking I mean, about
0: sometimes. I'm you thinking are. about what would it
1: what would it be like in a couple minutes, five minutes. 10 minutes what would it be like to be seconds. to be feeling these things <laughs> with each other and i'm intrigued by that possibility and so therefore i'm initiating sex so i think that's a good reminder when your partner initiates is like, they're they're probably not like wildly uncontrollably mm-hmm. horny yeah, in that's that moment. Point.
0: Yeah, so I think initiation is, you know, and consideration. It's not always this black or white, yes or no kind of thing. Like there can be a much more subtle energy to it. So we do talk about this a lot in that initiation masterclass that I mentioned, but we encourage people to think about like, Am I open to being turned on? And especially if you're a responsive sex drive person, if you've never heard us talk about the two sex drive types, we will put a link to our free guide in the show notes. It's really important for you to know. But like, yeah, asking yourself more of like, am I open to intimacy? Am I open to connection? Am I open to the possibility that I'll get turned on? So that can be a much better way to navigate those moments than just sitting in that, you know, that guilt of like, oh my God, I wasn't so turned on right in the moment that they said yes. I think this also, this situation kind of brings up the question, this question that we get asked a lot, like, is it okay to have one-sided sex that's just for your partner? So let's say your partner initiates and you're just really not in the mood. You're like, I don't really want anything. I'm, you know, I'm fine. But like, should i say yes to my partner or like is it okay to say yes to my partner and so we think that yes it is okay to have one-sided sex it's just for your partner but the key is making sure that you can say yes with an open heart you're like recognizing like i'm doing this for my partner this is a gift that i'm giving to my partner and i feel good about it
1: yeah like you're not going to be holding it over their head Later Or
0: your own head, either. Like, it's not this, like, oh, God, they are initiating. I have to say yes. I, you know, this this is expected of me. This is what I'm supposed to do. I've said no too much in the past. You know, whatever it is. It's like, you're not guilting yourself. Your partner is not pressuring or guilting you. So you feel genuinely good about this. Because I do think, like in relationships, there are lots of things that we do for each other that we don't necessarily want to do. Like, I wouldn't have done it otherwise, but I do it for you. And I think we're really good at noticing this outside of the bedroom. Like, when am I doing something to take care of my partner that I feel good about? I'm like, okay, I don't, uh, you know, I wouldn't have done this otherwise, but I'm going to do it for you. And it makes me feel nice to take care of you in this way. Versus times where we're like, all right, I'm doing this for you. I'm Hating it. Why am I having to do this? You never do this kind of stuff for me in return, but fine, I'll do it for you. Like, you know, we can, we feel into those vibes outside of the bedroom. And I think it's important for us to get tuned into that inside of the bedroom.
1: Yeah. I think, and and it can be, I'm just going to say, it can be hard to gauge that in the moment, especially at first. Like, it can be, it can be really hard. It's, you know, you can't, you can't be like, okay, I guarantee you that. Five days from now, I'm not going to feel differently about mm-hmm. this. But I think a good test, if you are struggling to gauge this in the moment, how do you feel a couple of days later? Like, are you feeling any feelings of resentment? Your partner doesn't do something for you and you're like, oh, god damn it. Like, I had sex with you yesterday and mm-hmm. like, that's not fair. Like, if those type of feelings are coming up for you later on, that's a good sign that you probably, uh, <laughs> you probably shouldn't try that again in the future i
0: mean i'm gonna i'm gonna take that a little step further and i'm gonna say if you can't get a good sense of this if you're like oh i don't know when i feel good giving sex and when i don't then don't do this like i think it's better yeah. to be conservative about this approach this is really only for people who are like very tuned in with themselves very sure of like yes i know the moments when it feels good and like and i do get some amount of joy or connection or pleasure or satisfaction even if it's not like it's not me having an orgasm or it's not me having sexual pleasure but like i get some enjoyment out of it out of taking care of my partner in this way unless you are very clear on that then don't do this because it is too murky of an area yeah before we get any further, we just want to tell you a little bit more about our new sponsor, Cozy Earth. We've teamed up with them, and they are offering you 35% off site-wide when you use the code Talks at CozyEarth.com. So, Xander, it's been a few more weeks now yes. that you've been using, we've been using our Cozy Earth sheets. Are you still loving them?
1: I'm absolutely loving them. One thing that I really like about the Cozy Earth sheets is that they are temperature regulating, which means that they help keep you cool and comfortable all night long. I know in the past I sometimes get a little sweaty at night, a, a it, little. Yeah, you know, a I, lot. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to keep this appropriate for an advertisement, but you know, nobody likes getting the night sweats. And uh, these these sheets not only not only are they super cozy, but the material that they use really helps keep you cool
0: seriously though i have noticed that you're not waking up like saying like oh my god i got so sweaty last night or like i'm so uncomfortable like it really has been making a big impact
1: and it's been warm here recently so you know they're, you're putting they're them working. to the test yeah i'm putting them to the test and you can put them to the test too cozy earth offers a 100 night sleep test that means you can try it for 100 nights and if you don't love it you can send it back for a full refund
0: That was an excellent transition. I didn't even realize that I was setting you up like that. Oh, I got this. Look at that. You're like a a natural advertisement reader now.
1: Yeah, I'm great.
0: (laughs) I guess it's easy when you can talk about products that you genuinely like. So once again, Cozy Earth is giving you an exclusive offer for Pillow Talks listeners today. You can get 35% off site-wide when you use the code PILLOWTALKS at CozyEarth.com. If you've ever had unprotected sex, forgot your birth control, had a condom break, or you're just not sure, we are really excited to tell you about a new company. Julie is an FDA-approved morning-after pill that helps stop pregnancy before it starts. Julie is aiming to be the emergency contraceptive company for the next generation, one of learning and acceptance, not of stigma and shame. So Julie stops your body from releasing an egg using the same active ingredient as Plan B. Essentially, Julie works by preventing or delaying your ovulation. So with no egg, there's no fertilization, therefore no pregnancy, and it's no risk to future fertility. So it works best when it's taken right away or within 72 hours of unprotected sex. And you can find Julie at Walmarts across the U.S. or you can order online to have for the future just in case. It is legal in all 50 states. You do not need an ID, a prescription, or a credit card to get it. So you can go to juliecare.co to learn more or find Julie at your nearest Walmart today that's juliecare.co to learn more okay so let's move on to the next situation this is when you're dealing with something really big there's just something else that's going on in your life and it's really getting in the way of your sex life so maybe there's been the loss of a loved one the loss of a pregnancy mental illness physical illness or injury like there's something big that's going on so with this kind of scenario there's a couple things here so like of course it's gonna be hard for your partner if you are going through an extended period of time where let's say you're not open to intimacy and your partner is like of course that's going to be hard for your partner to be going through like months maybe even years of you not being interested and it is also totally okay and understandable and acceptable and normal for you to have an extended period of not being open to intimacy. Like, if you've had some major grief or loss or something with your health, like, of course it makes sense that, you, like, sex is not the top, you know, the thing that's on the top of your mind. Like, that is okay.
1: Or maybe sex is something that you actually physically can't even do.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. There are a lot of different, like, specific situations that could fall into this bucket so we think the key here is that you have to acknowledge what's going on so the pattern that we really see is like couples go through something huge It's hard enough dealing with that on their own. And then it's also hard recognizing these other impacts that it's having like on your relationship, on your sex life. And a lot of couples just don't want to talk about it. They don't want to acknowledge what's going on. It just feels too hard. But if you're not talking about it, it feels so much more painful to your partner or to whoever it is, you know, whoever the partner is that's wanting intimacy if the other one doesn't. So you need to communicate with your partner and share with them like, look, I know that this this big event has happened and it's really gotten in the way of our intimacy of our connection like this is not what i want i don't want us to be in this place i don't want us to be in this season of life you can also like try to validate and acknowledge their feelings like i can imagine this is really hard for you i can imagine like use your partner's words if they've shared anything with you like
1: yeah or like, ask them to uh, share yeah with like you. i
0: i can understand that this feels lonely or you miss me or you feel disconnected and like that hurts my heart like it's not what I want either. And I am just in this place and this is the place, You know, this is the place that I'm in right now.
1: And the real key with this one is that discussion that Vanessa just laid out for you is not a one and done conversation. Like Mm -hmm. that is something that needs to happen on an ongoing basis. And I think that this is where, this is where a lot of people get into murky waters here is that like initially, in the midst of a crisis or a tough situation or whatever, you might say one or two times, like, no, like, I'm just taking sex off the table right now. It's too much for me. Or are like, we can't do this right now. And you know, you say that once or twice and then you kind of expect that, like, it just means that you're not doing it until the, you know, whenever point in the future that you put it back on the table. For you, that might feel really obvious. Like you you are experiencing your own life and like whatever is going on for you. And for you, it might feel really obvious. Like, well, yeah, obviously I'm not going to be into this until I say I am. But for your partner, like they're not living in your head. They can't read. Your mind, and so it can be really hard when you know mm-hmm. days, weeks, months go by, and they're like, "Okay, well, I know they said that once a while ago, but like, I don't know what's going yeah. on now." That's really hard, and you know, and then and then maybe they initiate sex, and then you get really upset. You're like, "What the hell?" Like, I told you, no like two months ago, and it's like you just get into this, you know, yeah. really difficult situation where you know it feels like you're just missing each other and that's why you got to have that conversation I think, on an ongoing yeah. basis also
0: like you need to make it clear that it's not about your partner or it's not about your relationship so another really terrible thing that happens when couples don't talk about this is that partners make the assumption that it is about them like oh you don't want to have sex with me you're not attracted to me anymore you don't love me anymore and it might seem totally obvious to you like Why would my partner think that? Like, we just, I just lost my mother. Like, of course I'm not going to have sex. That has nothing to do with my, you know, with my partner. But like to your partner, it doesn't, it's not clear. It's not obvious. So you have to really lay it out. Like, I'm dealing with grief. I'm dealing with loss. I'm dealing with my mental health. Like, it's really not about you. And I'm so sorry that it's having an impact on you. I can imagine it makes it feel like it's about you. But I really want you to understand that it's not.
1: Yeah, and and that's like such a difference from saying something like, oh my God, like, how could you initiate sex right now? Don't you know what I'm going through? Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm on the receiving end of that message, like, I'm like, oh my God, like, I just did something horribly wrong. Yeah. Versus that, you know, yeah, like, it sucks to have to say no. But like, if you can turn that into a moment of connection, instead of like, you know, a moment of chastising your partner making them feel like they've done something wrong, or that they're a bad person, that's going to go such a long way.
0: And the final thing we'll say in this situation is, see if you're open to some kind of physical contact. So it doesn't have to be sex, it doesn't have to be anything that like feels sexual to you, but rather than getting into this black or white, like it's sex or it's not sex kind of situation, like... Is there other physical contact that you would be open to having with your partner? Because really any bit of physical contact can like feel very intimacy building for a couple. And especially when you're going through something really tough, like having that physical contact can actually be very healing. So see if you can break out of that like black or white type of thinking. All right, and that leads us into our final situation, which is... Maybe the most complex of all. Oh yeah, (laughs) we we
1: always save the best or the worst for last.
0: (laughs) So you are just on really different pages. You and your partner... Not on the same page. You might feel miles, worlds apart. So typically, what we see is like one partner is just completely disinterested in sex, and it, there are all different kinds of situations that can feed into this bucket. Like sometimes it's like it's been that way from the beginning of the relationship. Sometimes it's more of a recent change. Sometimes I feel like that's
1: like, more that's like more frequent. Yeah, it does. Frequent, seem to where be where more it's frequent. like okay, over time, I've just become less and less interested. And at a certain point, that difference becomes really noticeable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And another really common one is like, it's just a season of life issue. Like there, you know, there might be a season where you're feeling much more focused on your kids rather than on the romantic relationship. So we turned this question over to Instagram. We asked our audience, like, if your partner told you that they weren't interested in sex anymore, what would you do? And it was really interesting because when I was posting this question, I was reading it over to Xander and he was like, I don't think that happens very often. Like, I think that's it's too rare for us to, like, pull the audience about it. But I was like, no, it is not. Like, I can't tell you how many couples I saw in my private practice where that was the original thing that brought them in. Of Like, one partner just pretty definitively saying, like, I'm just not interested in sex anymore. Or, like, at this stage in our relationship, so many people saying, like, I could never have sex again and feel totally fine. Like, it's mm. not important to me. It's not a priority. I don't care about it.
1: Well, 9% of people said they would be relieved and happy. So mm-hmm. one out of 10 chance that this uh, s- that this conversation is going to go real well. said that they would be upset, but would choose to stay in a sexless relationship. And 21% said they would be heartbroken, but willing to end the relationship. Now, those numbers definitely do not add up to 100, and that is because 34% 34% of our audience just opted out of answering this question <laughs> because they said it was too hard for them to answer. I we, we gave that, that as a possibility yeah, because I, we knew, <laughs> I, I think it's really, I think it's valuable to collect that. Like, who's just like, I can't even make a decision. This is too complicated.
0: The response that I actually wrote was like, you guys are nuts. These questions are too hard. <laughs> I wanted to give people a chance to opt out.
1: Someone actually DM'd us and was like, this is so nuanced, it hurts my brain. <laughs>
0: Okay, so there's so much to unpack in this kind of situation, but the first thing that it made me think about is our conversations that we've had in the past about like emotional versus physical intimacy. We had a podcast episode 38, so if this is something that's coming up in your relationship, definitely go back and listen to that episode next. But one of the things that we talked about there is that like a lot of us have this tendency to think of sex as kind of unimportant. Like it's it's just sex. It's just a physical act. It's just about an orgasm. And I think in particular like if you're somebody who's struggling with your sex drive, if it feels like your partner has a way higher sex drive than you, it's very easy to think of it as just this like physical release and to downplay the importance of it. But the reality of sex is that it's so much more than just that physical act. Like, of course, sex feels good, and that's one of the main reasons why we have it, but sex is also an expression of love, an expression of intimacy, even an expression of self. It's a way that we get to to play with each other, to explore, to connect with each other. So it would be similar to telling your partner, like, I don't want to tell you i love you again or i don't ever want to go on a date again
1: or like i'm never going to give you a hug again or something like that like Like,
0: none of us would ever think of doing that in a relationship but I, i think that just kind of shows you the ways that we think emotional intimacy is more important or valid than physical intimacy so we do talk in that episode about you know some people want to feel the emotional connection set first other people want to feel the physical connection first. So if you're somebody who needs more emotional intimacy first, if that's maybe even the reason why you're not feeling open to sex at all because you feel so wildly disconnected from your partner, then like that's definitely a great conversation to have with each other, talking about it. But I think it's important to talk about both of those things. We kind of call them the twin flames, to talk about both the emotional and the physical intimacy together in the conversation and as equally important things. So if you are the partner who doesn't want sex, who feels really disinterested in it at this point in time. So again, to be clear, like there's no right or healthy sex drive. Your partner's not the better partner if they have a higher sex drive than you. You're not broken if you don't have a particularly high sex drive. If, If your sex drive is naturally lower, that's okay. If you're asexual, that's okay. But I think a lot of the situations that we heard about from our Instagram community, it was that there was something going on in their lives that was making them, that was really decreasing their desire. It was like a blockage that was coming up.
1: Or is something that feels so hard to talk about that for whatever reason, it feels easier to be like, I'm just going to take sex off the table. Like maybe it's you're struggling with just like so much resentment because it feels like your partner isn't pulling their weight, you know, uh, around the house, with the kids. That kind of thing. And then, and you know, you're so resentful about that, but you feel like, I don't know how to say this to them, or like we've talked about this a lot in the past and nothing is happening. And then, and then it starts to feel like, okay, well, like I'm not really loving the sex that we're having, and they always want to have it. So that's something I can take away. And it's like, you know, we don't, we don't in our head, it never, we never think about it like in that logical of a way, like Mm -hmm. my partner sucks right now. So I'm just going to take sex away from them. You know, you have to really unpack that. And that's what like, you know, just really getting curious with yourself about what is going on for me or doing that, you know, with the help of a therapist that can be super valuable because very often there is a a deeper root cause (laughs) or something that you can, that you can work on in your relationship Mm -hmm. with your partner. It's not actually about the sex itself.
0: Okay, so those are our scenarios. Now we want to go back to that central question. So as we said before, as we will continue to repeat, like, no, you don't owe your partner sex. You don't owe your partner access to your body. Do not stand for those kinds of situations and we want to take a look at like that bigger question of like what is our responsibility in relationships when it comes to physical intimacy so we identified five different dynamics that we think are your responsibility
1: to your partner so let's go over them the first thing is respect and not making your partner feel bad about their desires. Because I know it's so easy for that dynamic to come up of like, oh God, like you just want sex again. And it's like, Mm -hmm. if, if your partner is wanting sex, is missing having sex with you, you owe it to them to not shame them about that, to not make them feel bad about that, to not make them feel like something is wrong with them.
0: Yeah, and of course, like respect is a two-way street. And I think what it really grounded in is this idea that like no one sex drive is right or normal or anything like that. So you both need to respect each other's relationship with sex and and not make each other feel like, what's wrong with you? Why do you want sex all the time? Or what's wrong with you? Why do you never want sex?
1: Yeah, yeah, I was about to say the flip side of this is your partner respecting your no if you are saying no in anyone. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. given moment and so yeah and this is the key with these things that you owe each other is that like for relationships to work we both need to do these things we we both owe each other these things so like if you are being respectful of your partner and respectful of their desires your partner also needs to be respectful of you mm-hmm. and your desires and your needs and if you know there's an imbalance there that's like a serious issue mm-hmm. in a relationship where you know one partner is being respectful of the other but the other's not
0: Okay, so the second thing that you and your partner owe each other is acknowledgement. So this is something that we talked about a little bit earlier in one of the scenarios. Like, you can't just brush this under the rug or just kind of dismiss your whole sex life, never talk about it again. Believe like, me,
1: I've tried. I've tried this one. It <laughs> yeah, doesn't work. It doesn't it bl- work. <laughs> it'll blow up in your face eventually, and it will feel really shitty while mm-hmm. you're doing it, even though you think you're trying to protect yourself. It's not gonna work
0: yeah so you have to acknowledge what's going on and stay in open communication with each other about your sex life
1: the third thing is curiosity like i think you guys owe each other just being curious about what is going on in general because the reality is in relationships Things change. Mm -hmm. We change as people. Our feelings change. Our wants change. Our desires change, etc. And when those things change, we owe it to our partner to get curious about it. You know if, if you are struggling with your sex drive right now if you are wanting sex less or you're noticing that there's a disparity in in your drives like can you get curious about why don't you have a drive for sex can you get curious about why it is that you are not wanting sex as much or at all in your relationship and see are there any other underlying reasons mm-hmm. that are going on because like we said earlier there very often are some other root causes mm-hmm. that you know we tend to feel less comfortable addressing for whatever reason as hard as it is to talk about sex I feel like the one thing that maybe feels a little easier is just being like no like we're not doing that Mm -hmm. also you know if you are finding that in the in the situation really this is only applicable to the situation of like you're feeling like you really just don't want sex to be a part of your relationship like can you get creative about some different types of relationship structures? Um, like opening up your relationship in some fashion. We're not talking about going straight for polyamory or, you know, like no holds barred, like we do whatever we want whenever we want. I think a lot of people, when they hear opening up a relationship, just mm-hmm. think it's like total game on. And there are so many ways to do this, but, you know, there are very specific ways to do it right
0: the fourth thing is being a teammate and I mean really this is like just what relationships are all about is you're you know you're making this agreement to be teammates with each other and it is very possible to be teammates in the bedroom too so kind of similar to what Xander was talking about like piggybacking off of that a little bit like being willing to communicate your needs to your partner so if you have gotten curious and you explored like this is what I need to be more open to intimacy or this is what I need to feel more connected to my partner or this is what I'm wanting out of sex. Maybe it's like a different kind of sexual experience that you're wanting, but like being able to talk about that with your partner and the two of you working together from a place of respect. All these five things really like tie into each other. And acknowledgement (laughs) and curiosity. (laughs) Um, But you're working together to try to get as many of each other's needs met as possible. Um, And this might also include like putting effort into your relationship, like being willing to read books or listen to podcasts or go to therapy, but just willing to be those teammates to each other.
1: And then finally, I think as partners, you each owe each other the right for each partner to make decisions about their own needs. And, you know, I guess maybe this one is a bit of a downer, but I think it's also an important one. Like if your relationship is really changing in a serious way, like your partner should have the agency and the ability to walk away from a relationship if that relationship isn't fulfilling them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think like you know, we we get we get really scared in relationships about what happens if we change, and you know, hopefully, like we grow with each other as we change. You know, we change and we grow. It's what people say all the time, but I think we also have to each accept the fact that sometimes that change can feel really big and sometimes it can feel like it's too big as crappy as it is like we both need to have the ability to walk away if if something isn't serving us and you know hopefully that's like a worst case scenario or or a last ditch option it's not just like you know it's not going to be like the first time you know it feels like your sex drives differ one partner's like all right i'm out this isn't working for mm-hmm. me but you know that this is like at the very end of like okay well like i have respect for you and what you want and how things are changing. We've gotten curious about stuff. We are really acting like teammates. We're acknowledging what's going on. And despite all that, it's just feeling like, you know, some basic needs that I have are not being met. Then, you know, each partner should be able to respect the fact that, you know, it may not work anymore. And hopefully that's able to happen in a way that's as amicable as possible and as, you know, with as much empathy and understanding as possible. Yeah,
0: I mean, and to be clear, like we're talking about some pretty extreme situations here. Like I, I think the vast majority of people listening to this episode are probably not gonna find themselves in a situation like this. But what we're saying is like, you know, it is your right to say, you know what, I'm not interested in sex anymore. It's not important to me. I I truly could go without it for the rest of my life and be happy. Like, that is your right to say. And it's your partner's right to say, this breaks my heart, but like, I – I can't be in a relationship like that. Like, Sex is a really important part of intimacy for me, and I can't like be in this kind of relationship. So it's just each of you being willing to respect, even in those heartbreaking moments, that you each need to take care of yourselves and be authentic and true to yourselves. All right, so we covered a lot of ground here, and we have a couple of resources that we wanna share with you. The first thing is a free guide that we have that is called the Secret Sex Drive Killers. Yeah, so this goes over some kind of things that you wouldn't necessarily expect that can actually have a really big role in decreasing your sex drive. So this kind of fits into that, like getting curious, being willing to investigate, like is there something getting in the way, something blocking my desire? So we'll link to that. And of course, that Initiation 101 Masterclass that we talked about too, if you feel like the issue that's coming up for you is really more around like how sex gets initiated
1: all right well that's it for today's episode of pillow talks thank you so much for listening join us again next week when we talk about what it means to grow apart